0: We got an action packed show for you today. um, First and foremost, this is the biggest game of the season. Eagles haven't lost a game on the road this season. So let that
1: be known. Eagles have not lost a game on the road.
0: Super excited to see what's ahead of us. I just think Cleveland, they're still fighting for something. And, you know, I just
1: believe. Are the New Orleans Pelicans a team that has a legitimate shot to be a threat in the Western Conference? What is going on everybody? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Fawad's Pod. Obviously the podcast presented to you by Tunnel Vision Sports. As always, I'm your host Fawad Farouk. And what an exciting week of sports we had this week. The FIFA World Cup final semifinals matchup going down tonight between France and Morocco. And France was able to punch their ticket to the World Cup final along with Argentina, who did it yesterday. They're gonna be colliding in the final on Sunday. France going for their second consecutive back-to-back World Cup championships and Messi looking for his very first World Cup title, but very excited about that. But not just in football, uh, national football, we had a huge day. A huge week in the NFL. The Eagles. A huge Eagles fan over here with Ahmad. They right. were the first team to punch their ticket to the postseason. With that being said, Ahmad, I have Ahmad again on the show. Ahmad, how are you doing today? And first off, congratulations on the Eagles postseason berth. How are you feeling about this team heading into Week 15?
0: Yeah, for thank you for having me on the show for the second consecutive week. Super excited to talk uh, all types of sports today. To answer your question, um, I'm excited that the Philadelphia Eagles clinched a playoff berth, but I'll tell you this. Of course, it's, it's not easy clinching a playoff berth in the National Football League, but the job is not finished. We are nowhere near done. We want it all. We want the Lombardi, so it's going to take uh, it's gonna take everyone on the roster. It's going to take all the coaching staff and uh, the whole 53-man roster to accomplish what we want to accomplish, and uh, we're taking it day by day, man. So Right now we focus on chicago and let's just attack each week and yeah man super excited to see what's ahead of us
1: absolutely absolutely philadelphia obviously one of the hottest teams in the nfl having one of the best season in the franchise's history but jalen hurts obviously continues to solidify himself and make that case for the most valuable player award but with that being said we got an action packed show for you guys again today we're going to be talking basketball and football You know, familiar sight. I was looking at the Western Conference standings uh, over the weekend and I saw a very unfamiliar team at the top of the West. With that being said, let's kick off our first segment of the day. Here we go. The New Orleans Pelicans. The Zion Williamson led New Orleans Pelicans, in other words. Are on top of the Western Conference with the eighteen and nine record, tied with the Memphis Grizzlies. I know Ahmad. For those who don't know about Ahmad, Ahmad is a huge Zion Williamson fan from the draft day, from his Duke days. Ahmad, was a huge fan of Zion Williamson heading into his NBA career. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna say this. Um, obviously, with what the Pelicans have been doing over the course of the last couple of years, David Griffin as their GM, obviously not their GM anymore. moving to a vice president role with the team. They have done a phenomenal job in the front office, structuring the young talent, being able to trade away Anthony Davis, Lakers, Lakers mortgaging the farm to get their young talent, guys like uh, Brandon Ingram trading for CJ McCollum last season from Portland. But I'm going to start off with Amad on this one. Looking at what New Orleans has done to start off this season, we're in December right now. Are the New Orleans Pelicans a team that has a legitimate shot to be a threat in the Western Conference? And if so, how far can this team go?
0: Yeah, you know, uh, before the season started, I actually had uh, the New Orleans Pelicans as a dark horse to win the Western Conference. Um, simple as this. I just believe they're one of the most deepest teams in all of basketball. I mean, you got, got let's let's take out Zion, let's take out Ingram, let's take out CJ McCollum. Let's look at the roster. We're talking about guys like Jose Alvarado, Herbert Jones, Najee Marshall, Trey Murphy, Jonas Valanciunas, Larry Nash Jr. I mean, I just named seven people, and you pair that along with um, Williamson, Ingram, and McCullum. I mean, what are we doing here? The Pelicans are absolutely stacked. And I would not want to play this team in a seven-game series in in the playoffs, without a doubt. And there's a reason why they're first in the West right now. They have chemistry. They're getting better. And last but not least, it's Zion Williamson, top five MVP candidate in all of basketball. Brandon Ingram's not playing right now. Herbert Jones is also not playing right now. Those are two of the biggest uh, factors for that Pelicans team. Zion Williamson and CJ McCollum have led that team to a 7-1 and record in their last eight games. You guys better watch out for the Pelicans.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Very well said. Just a key a key trait that this New Orleans team possesses is their depth. You Like you said, Jose Alvarado just taking a huge step this year off the bench. And then you just look at their starting lineup, CJ McCollum, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, just absolutely dominant team. Obviously, their streak ended last night to Utah, uh, blowout loss to Utah. But with that being said, with what David Griffin has done with this team for the next, like, five, six years, they have all the Lakers' picks. They can really, I, I I kind of embrace, I kind of look at this team in a sense that, you know, the draft lottery system has changed a lot over the last couple of years with uh, what Adam Silver has done. But you look at this team and then you think about the possibility of this, te- of this team could possibly, let's say if they were to get the number one overall pick, we know who's coming into the league next year with Victor Wembenyama. A guy is going to be a transcendent talent in the league. Obviously, we've seen his games and what the talent he possesses, the marketability he possesses to make a make a possibly a team that's in the trenches right now, an instant contender. That's what I think about what this team has done over the past couple of years with. Taking all the assets from the Lakers and, you know, Lakers kind of look back at that, should kind of look back at this as a footnote and say, look at all these players that we've traded and look at how successful they have gone to be on other teams. You look at Kyle Kuzma, what he's doing in Washington. Absolutely great. One of the, having one of the best seasons of his career. And then you look at Brandon Ingram, you put Brandon Ingram on any other team. It could be a solid number two option, possibly a number one option, but it's just crazy to see how, The New Orleans Pelicans have just evolved over these last couple of years. Obviously, there was that health concern with Zion Williamson last year with the weight gain. Obviously, he made insurmountable amount of improvement heading into the season with what he was able to do, cutting the weight down. But you look at him, he is just an explosive freak of nature. The guy gets it done every way possible. Obviously, he's not the best shooting the three ball but. When do you, you don't need him shooting the three ball when you guys, when you have guys like Brandon Ingram, CJ McCollum, and you got a big man download and Jonas Valanciunas who could uh, once, once in a little moon pull up from three, but um, it's just a bright, bright future for this new Orleans team when looking at what they've done so far. Alma, do you have yeah, anything absolutely. to add?
0: Yeah. I mean, I, let's listen. I, I really do believe the Pelicans are going to make a move at the trade deadline. They have the assets to make another move. I don't think they need another star player. uh I do believe uh, they'll definitely make a move for a, a guy that can help them down the stretch. But um it's going to be interesting. This trade deadline is going to be very, very interesting. I can't wait to see that happen.
1: Yeah, shifting towards another verse. um Obviously, Zion Williamson, the 22-year-old out of Duke, one of the better leaders in the game. We're going to shift this. To a similar uh similar topic we did last week with the mvp front runners we're gonna be discussing the nba front runners for the most valuable player award obviously we have a lot of both formidable candidates guys like Giannis, guys like luka Doncic. i'm with i'm gonna start off with you on this one who do you think right now if the season were to end today Who is the who is the leading candidate for the league's most valuable player award?
0: Yeah, you know, uh, before I do say my top three candidates, uh, I just want to say it is a little early in the season as well, so this could change for sure. But with the way these guys are playing, um, it's a high level of basketball. And there's three guys. I'm gonna go from three to one. I have Giannis Antetokounmpo. I have Luka Doncic, and I have number those. That's three two. And number one, he gave my favorite player of all time, LeBron James, buckets last night. His name is Jason Tatum. I mean, Jason Tatum has—he—he's been playing at a high level, and um, you know, we, we've seen this coming. You know, we've seen Jason Tatum ball out past past three years, of course, coming out of Duke, and the fact that Boston Celtics traded—they um, traded down, and I mean, up in the draft, they went backwards, and they still got Jason Tatum. It still blows my mind till this day. Um, Jason Tatum is my number one MVP uh, pick right now. He's taken a big leap. I mean, his shooting numbers, as well as Jalen Brown. I think Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are the best duo in all of basketball as of right now. They're averaging Absolutely. 58 points point, they're averaging 58 points per game. That's more than Kobe and Shaq average. They average 57.3. But but there is still a lot of time left in the season. But these guys are dangerous. Boston Celtics, you guys uh they they got something else coming this year, man. I really do believe they could they, they're a heavy uh candidate to win the NBA championship this year, led by Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown.
1: You know, I try so hard to find out a way to disagree with that. But heading into this and looking at the performance that Jason Tatum put on last night, 44 points, that notable shot that he hit over LeBron James to send the game to overtime. And then what you saw, the onslaught that they were able to put on in overtime, it's just remarkable to see a guy at such a young age play at that play at that high of a level. You look at him, he's average, having easily the best season of his career with 30 points per game. But the biggest thing for me is the adversity this this Boston Celtics team faced heading into the season. Obviously, you you lose your head coach, a guy who led your team to the NBA Finals a year prior. But you bring in a guy who's a, who was an assistant coach to Emeo Oduka Uh, in Joe Mazula, who's obviously doing an incredible job in his first stint as the head coach of the Boston Celtics. But overall, you just look at this Boston Celtics team. It's just not the versatility that they bring on the offensive side of the ball. It's what they do on the defensive side of the ball that makes them so explosive. One of the best defensive teams in the league. You look at Jalen Brown and uh, Jason Tatum, obviously one of the best duos we have in the game easily. It's hard to even deny. The celtics are sitting at a 22-7 record which is the best in the league but i feel like i feel like when i look at the when i look at the standings i feel like there are there are certain candidate certain players from other teams that are making a legitimate run at that mvp well I, you can definitely put Giannis in that in that category just right behind boston sitting in the second seed And you can always put guys like Jokic in there, obviously back-to-back MVPs last two years, but legitimately it's hard, similar to what we said with Philadelphia, that a team that's been so dominant over the course of a regular season, and their star player, their leader, the captain of the ship and Jalen Hurts has been playing so well, like light, the best numbers in the league, playing, playing well, throwing the ball on the ground, getting all the playmakers involved, having guys like A.J. Brown. But similar to what uh, the Boston Celtics have going on over here with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, they've been explosive. They've been exhilarant to watch, and they're like primetime TV every time they step on the floor. That's why I got Jason Tatum as the MVP. Amit, you got anything else to add? Any honorable mentions that you want to mention in this one?
0: Yeah, uh, I did mention, you know, I mentioned Luka Donkic and I mentioned uh, Giannis and Tenakumpo, but I do want to mention somebody else that's, you know, that better start getting some MVP praise. And we talked about him in the first segment. His name is Zion Williamson, man. As I said before, the Pelicans are missing Brandon Ingram and Herbert Jones, two starters. And you're talking about a team that just went on a seven game winning streak that got snapped yesterday by Utah. But it's unbelievable what Zion is doing with that squad um, without his two best players. This guy is, he's, he's, He's finally settling into the NBA, just hoping he could stay healthy. Because if this guy's healthy, this guy's a force to be reckoned with. He's literally unstoppable, man. So the Pelicans are going to be fun to watch. Zion Williamson is a top five MVP candidate right now. Absolutely, you know.
1: It's just, it's just so crazy to watch how this game has evolved over the past couple of years with, you know, guys like at the age of 22, legitimate MVP candidates. Like, I feel like later these guys have just come into the league and then just taken the league by storm and just put the whole put the whole NBA universe on notice that guys like Zion Williamson just walking in and they're like this is our league now we are the future but we're going to start taking over right now and making a statement as to letting everyone know that this is our league and we're here to take it and these guys are really in it to win it right now i feel like they're legitimate contenders they could make some noise in the playoffs but uh, yeah, very, very exciting to watch this New Orleans team go to work every night. And with a coach like Willie Green, a players coach, good guy who's played a game. Obviously, I feel like they have a lot of potential to make some noise in the Western Conference. Great, great segment. Um, with that being said, uh, we're gonna shift it to the football verse and we're gonna move to our next segment of the day. Here we go. We have a lot going on in the NFL. Obviously, Eagles being the first team to clinch a playoff berth. But, um, you know, this is a – I made this segment based on basically what's been going on in the league. And I got three good questions off Twitter and explaining probably uh, whether you think they're true or false. So I'm going to basically give three questions, and we're both going to discuss basically whether we think – This is a legitimate statement or, you know, we're off it and we don't think that this is a legitimate statement. So with that being said, first question, the 49ers offense is better with Brock Purdy under center than it is with Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm going to start off with this one. Obviously, we talked a lot about San Francisco last week with what they're able to do in their offense. Kyle Shanahan loves the running game. We saw Brock Purdy put on a show. I wouldn't even say show. He got the job done against Tom Brady. Not numbers that jump off the statue to and say, oh, that was an insane game. Something like 400 yards. It was a very good game from Brock Purdy. The 49ers offense looked in sync and they just went to work against a Buccaneers team that just looked uh, lost on the defensive side of the ball. Christian McCaffrey did the work. Obviously, Debo Samuel went down early in the first half, but. Brock Purdy made his presence felt in this one, uh, throwing the ball with ease. No turnovers, but uh, Christian McCaffrey being a focal point in that offense. But with that being said, I feel like if you put Jimmy Garoppolo in that offense too, it's not really going to make that big of a difference. You see what Brock Purdy is doing. He's just getting the job done. The main job is last week, Arham said it, he didn't need to turn the ball over. They didn't turn the ball over. And that's a large part into why they won that game. So I feel like that's a false statement. Obviously, if you get a good system quarterback, a guy uh, led by a, a good head coach in Kyle Shanahan, they'll have a good chance of being successful in that system. Um, I feel like that's a false statement. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo could do just as well as Brock Purdy could in that offense. Alma what do you think about that statement?
0: Yeah, you know, first and foremost, you know, Brock Purdy... Got uh, asked to do a, you know, he he went into the um starting QB role and he did amazing against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Of course, it's not easy being asked to just come in and and you know not turn the ball over, make some very good throws against a really tough defense. So, you know, to answer your question, I don't think you know it, it's really a big deal just because how much the quarterback in this system is asked to do. You know, we know Jimmy Garoppolo is more of a game manager. Uh, And don't get me wrong. I'm taking Jimmy Garoppolo over Brock Brock Purdy any day of the week. But I also want to say this. Uh, I do believe the sample size is too small right now. You know, um, Brock Purdy only played one game and there's not enough film on him. Other NFL teams do not have enough film to watch what his weaknesses are, what his tendencies are. You know, what he his his traits on the field is what I'm trying to say. So. I do believe it's it's you know way too early to you know overreact to something like this. Um, you know, that system is, as you said before, Kyle shanahan is it's uh, it's an amazing system. Um, you know, any quarterback come in and you know flourish in my opinion. but um, as I said, the sample size is too small right now, and I think we're gonna have to play we're gonna have to see a few more games from uh, Mr. Purdy to see how uh, how he actually does against other NFL defenses when there is more film on him.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, most notably the sample size. He only had one NFL start dating back to last week, so there's not enough film to watch on him, but the tendencies are there. We saw what the quarterback position asked you to do, obviously, the likelihood of you winning a game is very high when you don't turn the ball over. With that being said, Brock Purdy got the job done, and that's why I feel like it's a false statement. Jimmy Garoppolo, obviously, I would take him any day of the week over Brock Purdy. At this point during like Purdy's tenure, we we don't have enough to judge him. But uh, with that being said, let's go to our next question. The Cowboys are overrated and got lucky to beat the Texans this week. Ahmed, I'm, I'm going to start off with you. Obviously, the Cowboys are a huge rival to the Eagles, and they got a big game coming up on the eve this year one of the biggest games of the year, in my opinion, Um, what do you think about this statement? Did the Cowboys get lucky against the Texans this week?
0: Um, You know, I would definitely say they got lucky due to the fact that the Texans just straight up choked. Uh, You know, they had a chance to close the game, but you know, shout out to the Dallas front seven for making four consecutive stops in the red zone. But, um, you know, I don't think the Cowboys are overrated. I mean, if you want to be honest, the Cowboys are overrated every year because the media has them winning the Super Bowl damn near every year. Oh, they're going to go do this every year. This. like, You know how Cowboys, you know how they're portrayed in Absolutely, the media. Absolutely, yes. Um, you know, they're America's team. So, But this year, you know, they have a talented roster. Uh, they have uh, hard-hitting guys. They get to the ball fast on defense. Um, Dan Quinn is a hell of a defensive coordinator. Of course, they have Micah Parsons leading that defense. And offense, you know, Dak Prescott's league. Tony Pollard has taken a big leap, of course. Um... I want to say they're overrated, but, you know, Micah Parsons is running his mouth a lot. You know, he's talking a lot of shit. Uh, He went on Von Miller's show and, you know, disrespected the hell out of, you know, my QB. But um, it's okay. You know, it is what it is. We're not focused on Dallas right now. Um, You know, we're playing Chicago this week. They're playing Jacksonville this week. And then when it's Dallas week next week, that's something we focus on. But, no, I don't think the Cowboys are overrated uh, in terms of their roster and, you know, their coaching staff. But, um, of course in the NFL you're gonna have close games. You know, Texans, we were close with the Texans too, if we're being honest. It wasn't this close. They never they were never beating us, but they hung in there with Philadelphia as well. So I would say the Cowboys are overrated. No, as an Eagles fan, I wouldn't say they're overrated.
1: Yeah, it's kind of very intriguing watching that game uh live. Um I was kind of I was kind of thinking in a sense that um this was, was sort of a feeling out game for Dallas, like you know those teams that really catch you off guard like those teams that you're not expecting to do that well against a really good team that was that type of game for the texans where they just came out and you know challenged dallas from the get-go obviously dallas being a more experienced team guys like Dak prescott davis mills obviously came into the league last year um not as experienced and i feel like that running game has just developed for dallas very well down the stretch which has helped them drastically Dallas is one of the better uh, regular season teams in the league. So when looking at this team, I feel like sort of that they were the experienced team. And when they came down to it, they were down, but down the stretch, the Texans were a team that have not won many games being down in that position. They've lost a total, they've lost double digit games this season. They're out of the playoff picture. They're done one of the, one of the, you know, not good teams in the league this year. But um, looking at this team with what Dallas has, with CeeDee Lamb, Zeke, and Pollard in the backfield, um, it's all about the playoffs. I felt like they, did, they didn't they did get lucky this was a feeling-out game for them, but down the stretch, these are the type of games that really shift the momentum, you know, looking back earlier in the season. Like losing games like these, when you gotta play like big teams, teams that are worthy contenders for, uh, you know a big a bigger goal in mind with the Lombardi Trophy in Philadelphia. Those are the teams that you're really gonna fall short to. I feel like I feel like they didn't get lucky, but it's a cause for concern for Dallas to even be down to a team like the yeah, Texans. Yeah, absolutely,
0: absolutely.
1: Now, last and final question we have. I really like this question for many reasons because. I really like the way the Lions have played this year. Obviously, they've been very injury riddled. But uh, Jared Goff will lead the Lions to the playoffs this year and be their starting quarterback next year, too. Um, you know what? Um, I'm going to give you the floor on this one. You, uh, Let's see. Uh, what do you think about this?
0: Yeah, okay. Th- this, is, this is definitely a good one. I like this one a lot. Um, the Lions are a team... You do not want to play. I. This is coming from an eagle spin, man. I'm telling you, this team, they almost gave me a heart attack week one. I mean, they're such a good offense. They're well coached by Dan Campbell, of course. Um, they have Jared Goff. They have, you know, who's been playing amazing, by the way. You know, I, I know Jared Goff has caught a, a lot of backlash, like, in recent years, ever since he left Sean McVay. But, man, this guy's, you know, he's stepping up. He's making tough throws. And... I'm on Ross A. Brown, DJ Chark. You know, they lost TJ Hawkinson, but they still have Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift. And their offensive line is very, very good. I would say top five in all of football. Absolutely. Um, yep. And to answer your second question, do I think Jared Goff could uh, be the long-term answer in Detroit? Absolutely, I think he could. We actually did get news last week that um, Ian Rappaport did report that the Detroit Lions do trust Jared Goff to be their guy moving forward. Um, so that's good news for Jared Goff. He's definitely deserved that, right? Because he's playing out of his mind this year. Um, you look up his numbers, with what he has, it's pretty good. It's, it's really unfortunate that the Lions don't have a really good defense. I think they're ranked 28th or 29th as of well now. And they still have six wins. And there's still four weeks to go. The Detroit Lions can somehow, way, sneak into that last playoff spot. You do not want to see that team in the playoffs. I know that the experience is not there. But the way they're coached and the way they fight for each other, Watch out. Watch out for Detroit, man, for sure. Yeah.
1: Um, Ahmed, you said it really well. You said it best in that sense, but you know, a bigger thing that's had Detroit has faced over the course of the season is injuries. Obviously, they didn't even have their first round pick in Jameson Williams play a single yeah. game till last week. They didn't even have they didn't even have their best weapon on offense. Obviously, not one of their one of their best weapons. They got a guy like Amonra St. Brown who has leaped in and become one of the better wide receivers in the league obviously he's faced injuries then you have dj Chark. he's played uh, he's faced injuries then you've had deandre swift he's been in and out but the more uh the consistent the consistency in their offense has come from the running game with jamal williams i think he's leading the league with rushing touchdowns with more than like 12 i believe he's been one of the bright spots for this team but i feel like Sort of, I compare this team to the Detroit days with Matt Stadford. They're having the same issues on the defensive side of the ball. Matt Stadford is literally battling for his life, you know, keeping up, uh, playing catch up with the opposing team. Uh, This team obviously has so much potential to be good. They have a great coach in Dan Campbell, a players coach, a guy who knows the philosophy of the game so well. He's a player's coach, someone who understands the co- uh, understands the culture and what this team wants to do. They're a young team. They have a quarterback in Jared Goff who's played in a big game. He's played in the Super Bowl. So let's not forget what Jared Goff is capable of doing. Obviously, he did it on, uh, on a Rams team that was very, very superior to the team that we have in Detroit right now. But... Let's not let's not get that mistaken. Making it to the Super Bowl is one of the most most difficult things you can do in professional sports in yeah. football. But uh, you got to really look at this team. They're facing insurmountable amount of injuries right now with their whole offensive line: Frank Ragno, Evan Brown, Taylor Decker. These guys, uh, top tier offensive linemen, one of the best offensive lines we have in the league. So underrated because of their record, they're not getting acknowledged the way they should. But with that being said, Jared Goff is definitely a long-term answer for this Lions team with what he can do with the ball. He's been so efficient this year. Like, efficiency is through the roof with this guy. 22 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, one uh, uh top 10 in QBR, and top 10 in passing yards in the league. There's, there's no reason to think that Jared Goff can't be the long-term solution down here
0: in Detroit. Absolutely agree with you, 100%.
1: That was an absolutely great segment, man. Loved it. Love discussing football. But with that being said, let's jump into our final segment of the day. Here we go. Week 15 game picks, man. Obviously,
0: uh, we have... I love the the game pick segments. I just love them, you know.
1: (laughs) Obviously, watching them on the shows, you just love discussing the game picks. I like them especially for fantasy, obviously. We got a lot of fantasy football playoffs starting this week in most of my leagues. Made it in most of my leagues. You know, we're in one league together where you're sitting at a bye. So I'm very excited league, for what uh, we got going
0: on. I'm actually playing Fawad in one of our leagues. Uh, um, I was One of our sleeper leagues, I'm playing Fawad in the playoffs next uh, this week. So it's going to be interesting. Can't wait for that. Very exciting. Very exciting. But with that being
1: said... First game of the week, Thursday night football. We have the Brock Purdy led 49ers versus the Seattle Seahawks. Ahmed, I'm gonna start off with you on this one. What do we? What do you think is gonna happen? How is it gonna happen? Who's winning
0: this game? First and foremost, this is a hell of a game. I mean, this first off, it's a hell of a game, and this is one of the biggest games of the year. I'll tell you why. The Seattle Seahawks are in the hunt. They're a half a game out of Washington. They need this win desperately. I mean, they need this win badly. Of course, with the 49ers, they do have a half a game, one and a half game lead over the Seahawks. But the Seahawks need to win this game. That being said, I think the San Francisco 49ers, as much as I praise them a lot, I'm I'm the first to say, hey, man, I don't want to play the 49ers, but I think the Seattle Seahawks will get the job done tomorrow. No Debo Samuel. Um, Brock Purdy is, is heading, um, you know, it's a prime time game. This is a prime time game for Brock Purdy. So let's see how he performs under the bright lights. But I just feel like there's too much at stake for Seattle. I have Seattle winning this game by at least five points. Um,
1: I don't know. I kind of, I kind of disagree with that in a sense, because, um, just looking at how hot that San Francisco defense was last week. It's gonna be hard to uh, replicate that performance into this game, but Seattle's really been struggling heading into this game. Like they've really been struggling. Uh, they lost. Uh, they want. Uh, let's see what they have. They lost their last game to the Panthers, a team that's been really up and down all season long. They lost a game prior to that with uh, Josh Jacobs, who had a monster day. But Geno Smith obviously has been a bright spot for the offense. Obviously, Tyler Lockett's been playing well. DJ, DK Metcalf has been playing well. And there is a possibility that they get Kenneth Walker back this week. His, his status is still, um, you know, questionable. I okay. feel like he is. He's trending towards playing in this game. And he's going to be a huge difference maker for this team. They really missed him last week in the running game. Obviously, if they had Kenneth Walker, it could have really made a difference on that scoreboard. And they... Could have won that game but with that being said um i feel like i feel like this is going to be a close really gritty game i feel like brock purdy is really going to get his first dose of uh a test in the nfl in his Absolutely. second game and i feel like although he's going to be getting that test this is a winnable. Uh, this is a game that the uh, that the seahawks need to win for their playoff hopes but with that being said i feel like the 49ers are going to pull this one out Brock Purdy is gonna. I feel like he is gonna make mistakes in this one, but the San Francisco defense is gonna do enough just to get them over the hump and win this game. Um, I feel like that, that's gonna be the end result. Listen,
0: man, this is gonna be one of the best games of this week. I'm telling you right now, this is gonna be a very, very good game. Yeah,
1: um, jumping into Saturday, we have a Saturday slate of games as well. Three games on the slate, obviously, three really good games. We have the Colts traveling to Minnesota to take on the Vikings. Um, the Vikings, um, what can you say about the Vikings? The, the Vikings, Vikings, the Vikings, um, the Vikings last week lose a game to Detroit. Let me just tell you the stats for this game. Kirk Cousins throws for 400 yards. Justin Jefferson has a franchise record More than 200, I think 215 plus yards in a game, no touchdowns. One of the best performances from a uh, wide receiver, Vikings wide receiver we've had ever. And let me just let you know, Randy Moss played for the Vikings. (laughs) Um, but with that being said, this is a big game for the Vikings, it's a huge game for them. I feel like sort of i've been reading a lot of i've been on social media i've been on twitter and i've been seeing what a lot of people have been saying about this vikings team they've looked fraudulent i mean i wouldn't say fraudulent in a sense they're one of the best teams at home they're six and one at home but when they play well Kirk cousins is having one of the best seasons of his career so when you look at this team justin jefferson is having one of the best seasons of his career and he is one of the best wide receivers we have in the game but the key in this game will definitely be the running game um i feel like you know dalvin cook really needs to get it going in this one to help this team propel them to victory the colts on the other hand obviously jeff saturday losing a big game last uh, i believe is the week before the week before that when they lost to dallas Did they lose last week to dallas um
0: who you talking about? The Colts losses. Oh yeah, yeah. A week
1: prior, they had that huge loss to Dallas, so they gave up fifty-three points. And this is a team, this is a Viking team that can score points in bunches. But obviously, the Colts are not really fighting for anything other than pride in this one. But I feel like you can expect Justin Jefferson to get his dose in this one, and I got the Vikings pulling this one out uh, convincingly.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, this is a game where, you know, you're talking about a team in Minnesota that's 10-3. and 3, And uh, this is a game, if they still want, I mean, of course, they're in contention for the first seed. There's still four games left. But this is a game they're going to have to win, you know. And, and I'll tell you why. As I said, they're need a. they still fighting for the first seed. And listen, man, you just lost to Detroit and, uh, last week. um, You gave up 33 points. And Ed Donatel, the defensive coordinator, is a guy who's been getting... A, a lot of heat. Ed until is getting a lot of heat in Minnesota. You know, a lot of Minnesota fans want fired. This is a week where he could settle down. He's not playing a high-powered offense. You know, it's led by a, a new coach you said, as you said, um uh, Matt Ryan is still playing at a, you know, you know, below average level and Jonathan Taylor is their only threat on offense as of right now along with Michael Pittman So that being said, um I do think the Vikings do bounce back this week. Um and and one thing I'm gonna watch out for this matchup, Justin Jefferson versus Stephon Gilmore. Stefan Gilmore is a bad man, man. I I really do think he's still one of the best in the league at his position. So uh, it's gonna be fun to watch that matchup. That being said, I have the Vikings winning this game 34, uh, 34 to 17.
1: Yeah, it's very interesting. You know, Stephon Gilmore not getting at least the same recognition he did in his Patriot mm-hmm. days, obviously. Or a more better cornerbacks in the league obviously the team success has not followed which is why he's not gotten the recognition should have a lot of opportunities to make some plays in this one as he goes up against Justin Jefferson second game on the Saturday slate we have the Ravens and the Cleveland Browns um but you look at both these teams um the quarterback position for the Ravens is absolutely you know injury riddled at this point Lamar Jackson uh Questionable for this game. He's most likely going to be out because he's recovering from an injury. Tyler Huntley goes down last week to the, uh, against the Steelers. Um, uh, this is a very difficult game when you look at it for the Ravens. And uh, I, I, I obviously expect this team to sneak in with a wild card spot, but the Bengals have been extremely hot and they really need to watch out for Cincinnati. They're both nine and four. Cincinnati has a, still had a chance. They're both tied at nine and four. In the division and cincinnati could really win this division and run away with it with the lamar jackson being out but amada let me get your prediction on the game what do you think is going to happen in this game uh barring any let's see who's a quarterback is it tyler huntley or they need to bring uh, in someone
0: else they have uh they drafted anthony brown who's a third string quarterback yeah he, he's out of boston college and he's just like lamar and huntley when it, in terms of play style you know he, he's a running quarterback He's not a polished passer yet, but you know, he, he could make some throws. So um depending on who's even if Taylor Huntley starts, I do believe uh the Cleveland Browns, you know, Deshaun Watson is starting to find his groove, you know, a little rusty the last few games, but he did make some promising throws last week against um against Pittsburgh. who they played. I don't know if it was Pittsburgh or something. Pittsburgh, else? Pittsburgh, yeah. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, it was Pittsburgh, yeah. So um, I think the Ravens are just too injury riddled, at the, especially at the quarterback position, man. If Lamar plays this game, I'm going with the Ravens all the way. This, this, it's not even a question, but I just think Cleveland, they're still fighting for something. And, you know, I just believe they have too much power, firepower compared to the Ravens. You know, um, Amari Cooper's been balling out, you know, Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, the offensive line. I have the Cleveland Browns just barely winning this game by three points.
1: Yeah, um it's very interesting to talk about uh, Cleveland with what they've had going on this season. Despite getting Deshaun Watson back towards the end of the season, they are literally they're they're in they're in this playoff race. I mean, obviously a very slim chance, but I feel like Deshaun Watson goes up against his best test of the season on defense. Look at Patrick Queen, Roquan Smith, JPP, and then you look at the secondary with Marcus Williams, Marlon Humphrey, you know, this team is really loaded on the defensive side of the ball, but um, it's going to be really tough for Cleveland as well. But Both these teams are coming in with their own storylines into this game. Obviously, right. the Ravens facing uh, an injury-riddled quarterback position, and then you have uh, Cleveland uh, just not they, – they don't have that polished passer and that mobility with Deshaun Watson just yet. Yeah. Um, just playing just two games so far this season, but with that being said, um, I feel like Cleveland pulls this one out due to the fact that you know the Ravens have been lackluster on offense for the last two games. It's, they they get they scored just ten points against Denver. They were able to pull it out, and then last week they just scored, I believe over a little bit over fifteen points last game against Pittsburgh, and they were able to they were able to pull it out. But they're going to need to score points if they're going to beat the Cleveland Browns. Uh, that's why I got Cleveland winning this game. I feel like it's going to be a little overwhelming for them to keep up on the offensive side of the ball. Anthony Brown, if he plays, obviously it's going to be his first game of his career, but, um, I feel like it's not going to be enough to win. I, f- I feel like Cleveland wins. Nick Chubb has a great day. Deshaun Watson gets into a groove, has one of his better games of the season and you are going to see Amari Cooper have a great day.
0: Yeah. And, you know, just to say something about the matchups though, we got it mixed up actually the Bengals, no, the Browns play the Bengals and the Ravens played the Steelers. So that th- those are the division matchups last week. So Deshaun Watson went up against Cincinnati's defense and Baltimore went up against Pittsburgh's defense last week. Just to clarify that up. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, obviously it's gonna be a great game. Very excited to see what goes on. But the third matchup for a Saturday game, eight o'clock game. We have the Miami Dolphins taking on the Buffalo Bills. Oh, this is a huge a Huge divisional matchup for many, many reasons. We got a lot going on in this one, obviously. Two teams that are, Dolphins are 8-5, Buffalo obviously 10-3. They're finding their groove, obviously. Buffalo really going for the kill in this one, obviously. Heading into the season, we uh, consensus, consensus, consensus picks had them as the best team in the league. So... Josh Allen has been playing well, but his kryptonite has been the red zone. He's been turning the ball over a lot in the red zone. But um, I feel like this is a game that Buffalo can win, but they won't win because Tua and Tyreek Hill will show up and they will win this game. Obviously losing that game to the Chargers last week, it was – you know, I I expected them to win this game against the Chargers – and this, that, that was an especially important game for the division because, you know, they were just for one sure, game behind sure. one yeah. game. They were one game behind. So, um, I feel like Tua has been playing well, Tyree kill, mm. you know, sensational as always. Um, that running back position with Raheem Moster and Jeff Wilson is so up and down, right. Uh, Jeff Wilson went down, didn't return in the second half last game against the Chargers, but, uh, you know, the running game needs to get going. We, obviously, we know the passing game is going to do what it needs to. Tua is going to throw the ball to Tariq Hill, Waddle. Pesiki is going to get involved in it. But um, it's going to be a good game. But I feel like Cleveland, uh, the Miami Dolphins pull off the upset in this one and they get the win. Amada, who do you got in this one?
0: Wow. Um, I actually thought this game was not going to be played on Sunday. I didn't know Saturday. But this is a great game, man. This is a big divisional game uh, for determined the seedings, not only in the AFC playoff picture, but also in the AFC East. Um, listen, man, the weather is gonna be—it's free- gonna be frigid. freezing. In it's gonna be—it's
1: gonna be freezing,
0: man. Oh, so the weather plays a factor. Tua is not accustomed to this weather, man. Tua plays in in Miami, so the weather is completely different. I'm I'm gonna factor in the weather into this matchup. Uh, because, you know, I'm telling you, man, it's going to play a big role. And and down in Miami as well. I'm down in Buffalo as well, excuse me. Nighttime, primetime game, there's no way I could go uh, against Buffalo. I have Buffalo winning this game by at least eight points. I think they're going to, they're gonna, you know, seek some revenge from last time, you know, because, you know, obviously the Bills went down to Miami earlier in the season and they lost on a very close game. So I think Buffalo does bounce back. I expect it to be one hell of a game, though. So going to be fun to watch, man. It's going to be very, very fun to watch. But uh, I do have the Buffalo Bills winning this game.
1: Yeah, um, I totally forgot that Buffalo is completely frigid. It's actually <laughs> so freezing down there. But yeah, weather should be a factor in this one. But um, you know, the I feel like that secondary is going to have to play a huge role for Buffalo. Obviously, Von on the defensive line is not going to be there. He's going to be out for the season. That's a devastating loss for that Buffalo team. The secondary, obviously they got Tredavious White, but um, obviously I just feel like, I just feel like, you know, that defense needs to plan against Tyreek Hill. If you can't can't catch Tyreek Hill, you're gonna give up big plays in the play action game. And I feel like that's gonna be uh, a key factor in this one if uh, Buffalo doesn't win this game. So now we're moving to the Sunday slate of games. We got a one o'clock game. We got Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles going up against possibly Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears. Ahmed, I'm gonna start off with you on this one. What do we got going on here in Chicago? Obviously, weather a huge factor in Chicago. It's frigid down there in Soldier Field, but what do we got going on over here? What do you see? What Obviously, you're a huge Philadelphia Eagles fan. Bears obviously not fighting for much in this one, but what do you what do you think is going to happen in
0: this one? Yeah, listen, man. Uh, when I look at the Chicago Bears, this is a team I don't look um, and and defined by its record. You know, of course they only have three wins in the season, but they've made a late surge in the season where they reinvented that offense to surround it by Justin Fields' rushing ability. Of course, they lost Darnell Mooney for the season, and they also don't have Khalil Herbert as of right now, but. What Justin Fields is doing, running the ball and also improving as a passer, that automatically makes that offense dangerous. I mean, the guy has been absolutely out of his mind recently. Justin Fields is a top 10 rusher in all of football. Now at the quarterback position, that's including running backs. That's including running backs. So that's a stat we are not accustomed to seeing. The Bears are a team that's gritty. They're tough. They're physical. They have a lot of playmakers on that defense as well. So... This is, I expect, to be a very tough matchup for Philadelphia. Uh, um, despite that being said, I do have Philadelphia winning this game. I do think it's going to be a close game throughout the first three quarters, but I think Philadelphia's going to, you know, push away in the fourth quarter. And I have Philadelphia winning this game 27-17. to 17.
1: Yeah, um,
0: obviously, you know, you look at the record, and
1: I, in the beginning of the season, you know, Bears did look, and I, I wouldn't say they looked Great, but I felt like they showed a lot of promise, especially with Justin Fields under center. Um, Obviously, Justin Fields being one of the better mobile quarterbacks we've had in the game. He didn't play that well last year, but he really showed me, he's really has taken steps to showing critics that he is going to be the leader of this Bears franchise moving forward. There's without a doubt, no question about that. But with that being said, this injury riddled Bears team is just, you know, it's going to be too much for them going up against a superior Eagles team. Eagles haven't lost a game on the road this season. So let that be known. Eagles have not lost a game on the road. And you factor that in with what the Bears are going through this season. Three and ten on the season, uh, the Justin Fields coming off an injury. Obviously, a lot of concerns in this one for the Bears. I expect the running game to be in full sync. Miles Sanders had a huge day against the Giants last week. A.J. Brown had a huge day. Devontae Smith, everyone, it was the most complete game Philly has played all season long. Not to mention that all of them have been complete. They've been pretty much dominant all season long. Just a hand count of a number of games that they weren't, the games weren't close, but it's obviously been a dominant, dominant stretch for Philadelphia. Expect Jalen Hurts to have a big day against that Bears defense. And I got uh, the Eagles pulling this one out. The next game. We have the America's Game of the Week. Joe Burrow goes up against Tom Brady. Um, This is a... This is – I kind of I kind of love this game for many reasons because I feel like I see a little bit of Tom Brady in Joe Burrow. I feel like Tom Brady, when he was young, coming into the season, the come up with his game is so similar to Joe Burrow. Obviously, Tom Brady wasn't the number one overall pick, Joe Burrow being one of the best college quarterbacks in college football history. But I, I kind of just – when I look at him, the swagger he comes in with, the kind of – Precision he plays with, the accuracy he throws the ball with, his pocket passing ability, all similar to Tom Brady's. But uh this is gonna be a big, big game. And I'm just looking forward to watching both these quarterbacks go at it. With that, uh with that being said, the Buccaneers are six and seven, and it's so ironic. They're sitting at six and seven, and they still have a shot to be in the playoffs. They have they're they're literally the the Panthers are one game behind them. And we can still expect the Buccaneers to make the playoffs, which is insane. Obviously, Brady going down heavy in this one with a huge loss to the 49ers last week. Um, It's going to be really tough for the Buccaneers When whatever way you look at it. They gave up more than 30 points last week. Um, The Bengals' offense is obviously high-powered. Jamar Chase just came back. They're expecting to get Joe Mixon back this week. So um it's tough. It's tough. I feel like I feel like the young quarterback and Joe Burrow is really gonna shine in this one. The Cincinnati Bengals get their 10th win, 10th win of the year. They move into the lead for the division in the AFC North. But you know, Tom Brady still stays in the playoff pitcher once again. It doesn't really matter what happens. These guys can keep on still losing the game. Buccaneers can still lose their games and still make the playoffs, which is the craziest thing about this. So, but uh, I feel like the running game is going to be huge. Rashad White, obviously, has taken a huge step alongside Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette has had uh, injuries throughout the course of the last couple of weeks which is why he hasn't been, you know, active in the lineup and st- things of that nature. But T Higgins, Jamar Chase, expect them to be a big factor in this one. And I got the Bengals winning this one in Tampa Bay. Ima, who do you got winning this one?
0: Yeah, you know, this is this is a game that I look at and I see I see from the uh, Buccaneers perspective. You're one game out of 500 and Somehow, God knows how you're still in the league for that division. They're still hosting a playoff game as of right now. If the season ended today, they would be hosting you know. a playoff game. And I feel like we see this every year with one NFL team, at least. Like, last year, it was the NFC East. This year, it's uh, NFC South. Um, this is an interesting game, though. This is an interesting game. I'll tell you why. Um, the First off, the Buccaneers are dealing with some injuries. They're going to be without Tristan Wirfs. So they're all pro tackle. Um, so, Brady's already having a – it's going to be very tough for Brady. But this guy is the greatest quarterback we've ever seen, right? Never count out Tom Brady. I- I've done that before. I made that mistake before. I'm not doing it again. I don't care if this guy has a practice squad out there. I don't care. I'm never, ever counting on Tom Brady. But in terms of this game itself, you know, as you said, Cincinnati is so stacked, right? They have Jamar Chase. They have T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon, Samaje P. Ryan. I mean, the list does not stop. This is going to be a closer game than many people expect it to be. I don't expect this game to be... A- blowout at all um I have the Bengals winning this game but I have the Bengals winning this game by three points it's going to be a field goal differential
1: yeah um obviously you know the Buccaneers I feel like they're so I feel like on paper you look at the defense their defense is so well you know structured with what they have going on but uh overall I just feel like the Bengals really got the upper hand they have the momentum on their side But with that being said, uh, I'm going to say this again. Obviously, the Buccaneers lose this game. They're not out of the playoff picture by any means. You're just you're sitting you're sitting at the cusp of still hosting a playoff game at the end of the day. So I feel like it's crazy. Brady Brady has has had one of the, you know, in his year in his year this year, 21, I believe. Right.
0: Yeah, this is year 50 at this point. I don't know how long <laughs> he's been
1: playing. Yeah, this guy could obviously be playing till he's 50. He's been prolific. He, but this has been one of his more challenging seasons. But with that being said, he could still make the playoffs. But I feel like Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow and company will find out a way to win this game. Next game, the Sunday night football game. A matchup in the NFC East, I believe. It's going to be yes. the New York Giants. Versus the Washington Washington Commanders, man. Well, this game, obviously, the, both these teams are sitting at the cusp of possibly uh, a wild card berth. So let's look at what we got going on over here. Um, I believe, I believe, is Carson Wentz in the mix to play this week or
0: no? I mean, he he's he's healthy, but he's not going to start. It's Taylor Heineke's.
1: So, That's you know, Taylor Heineke obviously has command of this offense, but I feel like the Giants have just struggled. They've just been struggling over the last week, last couple of weeks there. They had a last four weeks, they've had a tie and three losses. So, this is going to be a huge game for them. We saw them come out of the gates to start the season hot, but obviously, they're facing injuries in this one. You got there, you got Xavier McKinney, who's going to be out, Nick McLeod. Uh, questionable in this one, uh, but uh, you have a lot of injuries on the uh, for the commanders as well. Montez Sweat, questionable. Uh, Andrew Norwell, questionable. So these are big pieces for the commanders when you look at it on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, with that being said, I feel like, you know, Washington having the home field advantage. These divisional games obviously are much more gritty, grinded out down the stretch. It, um it's a divisional game, nonetheless. So I feel like Washington, uh the running game with Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson is going to get it going. Uh, you know, you got Saquon Barkley on the other side. So you got to really, you know, Washington really has a game plan well for this one. Their defense has played all right over the past couple of weeks, but they really need a game plan well. Uh, look out for Darius Slayton and look out for Terry McLaurin to have a good game in this one if both these teams want to prevail, but the running games is obviously going to be the focal point in this one. I got the commanders winning a very close, gritty game in this one. Amada, what do you have to say? And what do you think? Who do you, who do you think is going to come out in this one?
0: Yeah. Um. First run? and foremost, this is the biggest game of the season for both of these teams. I mean, I have a, I have a lot of Giants fans and uh, you know, after we play them, they, this is what they were telling me. They're like, Hey, listen, we know Philadelphia is, is <clears throat> levels above us, do we know this? And, and due to the fact that Giants are very very banged up. I mean, they have a lot of injuries. The Dory Jackson's out, Leonard Williams is out, Dexter Lawrence barely played last week. Saquon has a neck problem. I mean, they lost uh, Sterling shepherd they lost Wandale Robinson, they lost quindarius tony I mean, you can't really do anything if you're Daniel Jones. H- how do you assess a quarterback? If, like, I mean, the guy has no receivers to throw to, the guy's been dealing with offensive line injuries. I, I really do feel bad for Daniel Jones because he deserves better, you know? I mean, You can't really do anything. The fact that the Giants have seven wins with all these injuries is pretty crazy. So, yeah, as I was saying, you know, Giants fans are like, listen, biggest game of the season for us is this game against Washington. So this is going to determine a lot, especially with this game tomorrow night, because Seattle is sitting out of that playoff spot by just a half a game. So if Seattle does win, -win 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 that guarantees them a playoff spot as of right now, because one of those teams is losing next week on Sunday, unless it's another tie, which I doubt. This game is going to be very close. There's a reason why this game was flexed a Sunday night because it's a freaking ginormous game for both teams and the playoff seedings. Um, yeah, I actually don't know who to pick for this game. This is I'm having a hard time. I understand. I, the Gi- I kind of I kind of think I wouldn't even be surprised if the game ended in a tie. To be honest, yeah, I mean cause... the Giants, yeah, they're so NG, they're banged up again. However, I do believe they're getting a, a Dory Jackson back this week, but. Um, Saquon is healthy. Again, I think his neck problem is not going to play a major role. Listen, man, I honestly don't know who to pick for this game. But if I do, if I'm going to give a team the edge by a little tiny inch, it's going to be the Washington Commanders. Um, I do believe they're a little bit more healthier. And they're coming off a bye week. Remember that. They're coming off a bye week. So they're fresh. They're ready to go. And and they had longer to game plan for the Giants. And also, they're at home. So I do think it's going to be a close game. I got Washington winning this one by five points. Yeah. Um, like you said, you know, the injury riddle giants,
1: you know, obviously the receiver depth lacking in this one. And then you look at they're getting the Dory Jackson back, but ultimately Washington having, you know, the home crowd on their side and then you having it being a huge divisional game, both teams fighting for a playoff spot. These team, these little little factors are really going to shift the momentum in Washington's favor. And I feel like they're going to be able to pull this one out and try to Inch, an inch closer and closer to that playoff spot. With that being said, the final game of the week, Monday night football at Lambeau Field. Obviously, both of these teams not playing for much. They're not playing for a playoff berth. Obviously, slim to none chances for both these teams to make it in the playoffs. We have the Los Angeles Rams, led by Baker Mayfield, who obviously led. One of the craziest comebacks last week on Thursday Night Football against uh, against the Las Vegas Raiders. And then you have Aaron Rodgers, obviously, you know, not the season we had envisioned for the Packers with what they've been doing uh, last couple of years. First seed last year, falling short to the 49ers. But um, I'm going to start off on this one. I feel like Baker Mayfield has really made – I felt like he's brought so much life into this locker room with what this team has gone through with injuries. You lose Cooper Cup, you lose Matt Stadford. This is a team last year that was hoisting the Lombardi trophy. So how can we really look at this team and say they're not in the playoff picture at this point? They're not in contention for another championship. But look, aside from the game, I'm just going to say this about the Rams' future. There really, really is going to be a lot of shifting of pieces in that front office and what they're doing. Their roster, obviously, Statford has not been healthy this year, hasn't played much this season, but when he has played, he has been very inefficient. But Baker Mayfield, with what he showed, the poise, the grittiness, the determination he has shown through that last game and Thursday against Oakland on against Las Vegas in that final drive, It's just something I kind of see as, you know, it's just one game. It's just one game. But that one game can really make a difference. Those are the type of games that really make a difference down the stretch for a team. And with what the Rams are doing this offseason, with what they possibly can do, they can really break apart this team. And a lot of players can go their separate ways. Um, I don't know, man. You could quite possibly see Baker Mayfield take the reign in Los Angeles for some reason. I really yeah, think man. he can take the reign in, uh, in Los Angeles this season. But jumping back to the game, obviously, you know, uh, the back to back MVP Aaron Rodgers, obviously, you know, struggle, struggling team losing Devontae Adams. It's it's been it's been a struggleful year for this Packers team, but uh, I feel like this is gonna be a big game for the Packers. Um, Baker Mayfield is obviously gonna get a taste of Packers defense this week. I feel like the Packers are gonna be able to pull this out for the home fans. They're gonna get it done. They've been going through a lot this season, injury riddled. Just oh, this the script has just not fallen their way for them this season. I feel like the Packers are gonna full, pull this one out against Baker Mayfield.
0: Yeah, uh, you know it's actually surprising because I'm seeing a lot of these um, takes online, where some people do believe Baker Mayfield could be the future in LA as well. I'm like, whoa, are we counting out Matt Stafford that fast? I mean, he did bring this. He bring he did bring them a Super Bowl, of course, but um, he has a very serious elbow injury, of course. Uh, He also did have a back injury this season, so the injuries are piling up. But I do think that's still Stafford's team for next year. Depending on, let's see how Baker finishes the season first before you know we see. We talk about that quarterback situation, but jumping back to the game, yeah, as you said, Lambeau Field primetime is never going to change, no matter how good the Packers are, no matter how bad the Packers are playing in that atmosphere, especially in a primetime situation. They still have one of the greatest to ever do it in Aaron Rodgers. I have the Packers escaping this win uh, win with a uh, twenty seventeen victory.
1: Yeah, similar to what you said, what we said about like Brock Purdy, it's only one game, you know, yeah, but. Yeah. I just feel like that one game when watching that one game, I don't know. I just felt like, I just felt like the sh- scene really shifting for the Rams because they, they, I feel like the ship has like sunk a little bit on them. The you energy know? The energy, the energy, the energy has drained. I've never seen, uh, you know, as a Broncos fan, you know, I saw that year in the 20, 2016 where, you know, we missed the playoffs. The ship went downhill from them after you lose a guy like Peyton Manning. But this is a similar situation. I'm not saying uh, Matt Stadford is Peyton Manning, but, you know, he's the he is a guy that is a Super Bowl-winning quarterback. They, a treacherous years in uh, Detroit, a guy who put up 30, 40 points game sometimes, and they would lose a game. So you put him in a situation where he's expected to succeed, he wins it all. So um, it's kind of, like I said, like like you said, I, wouldn't, I would not count Stadford out, but with the poise that Baker Mayfield really showed in that game it just felt like as if it was like you know this guy really deserves a second chance obviously he's a formidable mm-hmm. option for a lot of starting teams i feel like baker is still a starting quarterback in this league there's yeah. there's not there's not there's not a reason there's a reason why he went first overall in the draft there's a reason why he's he was one of the best college quarterbacks in the league there's a reason why he was a Heisman trophy winner So I'm not counting Baker out. I'm not counting Stafford out, but the Rams really have a lot of thinking to do this offseason in terms of what they're going to do with their personnel group and their position groups because they got a lot to work out. Absolutely, 100%. Alma, that's going to wrap it up for our show this week. Obviously, we got an action-packed weekend. I mean, action-packed is an understatement. World Cup final is on Sunday, and following that, we got football all 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 afternoon so it's going to be so exciting to watch amado what are you looking forward to most this weekend
0: yeah man as you said we have a world cup final right after the world cup final we have nfl all day um we also do have nfl on saturday hey man um this is a sports fan's dream man just every you know just the variety we have to watch um just going from a world cup final to football all day Oh that that sounds amazing i can't wait for that um but what I'm looking forward to the most is uh, just enjoying, you know, watching sports, you know, whether it's alone, whether it's a family. And um, World Cup final is going to be a, a hell of a matchup. Messi versus uh, Mbappe. France versus Argentina. Um, quick prediction. Quick prediction. I'm going to have France. I think France is way too overpowered. You know, their team is absolutely stacked in every aspect of the team. I have France winning by one goal. Um, good luck to both teams, though. I can't wait to watch that for sure. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um... France is really overpowered, obviously going for back-to-back World Cup championships. But I got to root for one of the greatest sports players of all time. Messi, Some, some, some. we really idolized this guy growing up. So just that one thing missing from his resume is that World Cup. So I just don't want to bet against him in this one. I feel like Argentina is going to find out a way to pull this one. France is the more well-rounded team, but I feel like Messi is really going to figure out a way to win this one. I feel like it's going to be a close game. One goal difference is going to be 2-1 in favor of Argentina. But very, very exciting weekend coming up. Ahmed, once again, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank Pleasure you. having you on. Uh, quite possibly we could have Arham back on next week, but uh, it was a blast having you on
0: the show. Likewise, Amos. Thank you so much for having me again, man. Much appreciated.
1: For everyone watching, don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. The links will be in the description down below for both sports page, podcast page, as well as the Tunnel Vision sports page. Make sure to tune in next week for a brand new episode of Fawad's Pod. And make sure to keep up with all your sports need on tvsportsmag.com. (音楽) Thank you.